Well, hello, hello, hello again, and welcome back to the Chumps and Champs Fantasy Football Podcast. I am Danny, that is Matt, and that is Scott, and we are here for a, what I would imagine is going to be a less anxious-filled uh, recording this time compared to our listener draft a couple of days ago. What do you guys think? Well, I think it's going to be a real humdinger. <laughs> yeah, there's uh there were a lot of ums and so's and and that I had to chop out of that editing. <laughs> yeah, I bet. I bet there's a lot of nervous energy. But you left the burps, which was uh appreciated. <laughs> oh hell yeah. yeah. That was there are a lot of burps going on. I got I got my seltzers going here. These are real burpers too, man. So I'm ready to blast off with those. Did you have your uh, best Philip Rivers impression going with your first sentence? Shoot, I thought it was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and on that note, uh, today begins day one of two of our official Chumps and Champs wide receiver ranking shows. Um, before we get into that, we of course have our news and notes, but I've got a good kickoff question for you boys, okay? Michael Thomas did his whole thing and had a surgery and is going to be out for probably at least six weeks. Um, that leaves the new Orleans saints receiving core looking like absolute trash without him. Would we all agree on that? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I'm, that was the question. Traquan Smith over there. Yeah. Traquan Smith, Marquez Calloway, Deontay Harris, and Chris Hogan, who was just playing lacrosse like a week ago. He's back in there. But does this change who you think is going to win the quarterback job for New Orleans? And are either one of them at all enticing without Michael Thomas knowing that he's going to throw it to chumps like us out there? To completely avoid your question, uh, a video came out today from Saints camp of Jameis Winston trying to run through the, uh, what do they call it, like the gauntlet type thing with yeah, all the, the, the rubber pads. pads on it. And he uh, he struggled getting through that. <laughs> it was pretty <laughs> it was, funny. It was really good. <laughs> like, but what made it worse is like the seven guys that were running into it immediately before him had no problems with it. That <laughs> <laughs> Winston stumbles through and almost gets knocked down, and then he pops out like, "Yeah, that was okay. That was okay." But what do you think? What do you think about this receiving core? And does that take away a lot of the enticement that is Taysom Hill or James Winston from a fantasy perspective? Yeah, I think once once Michael Thomas kind of went down and who knows when he's going to return and I'm not going to play that game this year. I'm out on Jameis Winston. If Taysom Hill becomes a starter, what that's really going to do to me is bump Alvin Kamara because I think he's going to be utilized a lot in a a limited passing game and a lot on the ground. I think he's going to have a huge role there. So he might bump up to like a fringe tier one running back for me. If which one is the the quarterback Ta- he'll do the Taysom Hill. If Taysom Hill, okay, Scott, do you agree? Yeah, I would say I'm not. Yeah, the receivers. That's that's rough with that situation. Just gonna go out and my bold prediction is they're gonna do a bit of a wildcat run offense for a little bit, and I think they're both gonna get utilized, not quite equally, but I think they're both gonna be in there a lot until it starts getting maybe a little closer to Michael Thomas coming back, then it might start transitioning a little more toward the passing game. That's not really a bold prediction. Do you say it's a bold prediction? I think well, it's just, probably likely. I mean, you don't see too many two-quarterback run systems in the NFL. 
<laughs> Do you think we're going to see at least one Jameis Winston complete pass to Taysom Hill for a touchdown this year? No. <laughs> Damn it, that Matt. shot. <laughs> I was over. The, oh, yeah, that sounds amazing. But no, <laughs> will not happen. Um, all right, guys, let's get in some news. Uh, let's start with old Philip Rivers there. Philip Rivers is not ruling out a return later in the year. And the exact quote was just amazing. Exactly. Philip Rivers he even threw in a and shoot, but it was something like, well, I'm just going to stay ready. I'm not in shape right now, but I'm going to stay ready. And if someone comes and asks me to play, we'll see if it's the right fit. So that means I want to play again. Uh, how what? much on a scale of one to 10, do you want Philip Rivers back sometime this year? Oh, 10 oh, all the way. Yeah. <laughs> I want to see those ride and die games. What is his like classic curse word? Is it like knuckleheads or something? Oh, it's uh, dad gummit, isn't it? Dad gummit. That's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> he does call people knuckleheads too. He does not cuss out there. <laughs> Did you see the uh, thing by JJ Watt when he retired? He goes, I'll never forget the time playing against Phil Rivers that he pointed out our linebacker being in the wrong position for the blitz we were running. And he was absolutely right. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine being that linebacker going, well, shit now do I go over there? Cause he knows, or do I just stay here? And yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and he pointed him out. It's like everybody on the, on the field and was like, you're lined up wrong for what you're about to do. And he's like, shit. <laughs> yeah. Other, uh, small, Training camp news, I guess you could say. I mean, it just started. Training camp did within the last like week or so, and there's bound to be small quote unquote injuries that pop up. So we can just, you know, dwell on them for as hard as we want to about how important they are, even though they're most likely not. Starting with Kenny Galladay having a slight hamstring pull uh, today or yesterday, I guess it was slight hamstring pull. I don't love the soft tissue uh, injury, although slight makes me feel like he's going to be fine. Are you guys concerned? Yeah, a lot of what I'm seeing is optimistic about leg injury. Giants get good news about Galladay after injury scare, blah, blah, blah. It sounds pretty minor, but you never... I agree, if he's on your team, you don't like lingering soft tissue issues. Yeah, I'm not too concerned unless it keeps just dragging on as we get closer and closer to the season where it's still not practicing 100%. And if it gets to that point and you're a few weeks out, then it's like, okay, now I'm worried. But yeah. right now, no, I'm not too concerned. Tyreek Hill misses practice with knee tendonitis. If you're going to have tendonitis anywhere as a blazing speed wide receiver, I would say the knee is probably one of the last places I want to see that. Um, I've got to feel like that's something to keep your eye on, right? If you're drafting at the end of the first round and you're back and forth between Adams, Diggs, and Hill. That's why I got him ranked lower than you, chumps. Damn. Well, don't tease. Um, last bit of news that I really had was Matthew Stafford has a contusion on his thumb from smacking it on a helmet, but apparently he's going to be fine. That's scary because we've had guys like tear tendons in their thumb smacking it on helmets. Why was anyone even near him? Yeah, but what you forget is that Matthew Stafford isn't a bum. He's a stud. And there's a report that came out that the Rams wanted to give him today off practice because of that. And he refused and forced himself into a full practice. And it's like a big news article. It's like he did that shit all the time in Detroit. Just nobody gave a shit. But now that he's on L.A., like, yeah. oh, my God, Matt Stafford, what a God. 
<laughs> Which He's I agree. So he is a guy. Amazing. Yeah. Well, but he is. Yeah, you are right. That is that is correct. But that was scary because we got that news like around after I drafted him in the listener league. Um, I think it actually made me draft a backup quarterback because I was afraid that he had torn something in his thumb. That sucked. Well, guys, yes, brings back yeah. flashes of the Andrew Luck year where people drafted him, and like an hour later, he announced his retirement. Oh man, that was amazing because we didn't think it was real. Like we were with, uh, <laughs> we were with your dad, and he had just drafted him. It was like three spots after he drafted yep. him, and someone said Andrew Luck just retired. We all like chuckled it off. <laughs> like we were nah. too kind. I think there's nah. no other quarterbacks off the board, so we allowed a switcheroo. Yeah, and then he won the league. No, I don't uh, think that happened that year. Uh, no. You guys wanted to get into the uh, wide receivers? You excited? I uh, you seem you seem that way. Super excited. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's start with our tier one. We'll do this in a tier based way, like as we did with the quarterbacks and the running backs. Tier one is made up of three guys: Devonte Adams, Tyreek Hill, and Stephon Diggs. Scott and I have Devontae Adams ranked number one. Matt has Stefan Diggs number one. So go ahead, Matt. Lead us off. Why Stefan Diggs? You are not wrong. But why are you a little wrong? Yeah, I think uh, these guys are all obviously my tier one, just like they are for you guys. And if I'm drafting a receiver this early, I'm going to take the guy I like more. And with that, it's Stefan Diggs. I was burned on Devontae Adams with a turf toe year once, so I don't like going back that route. Not that I wouldn't. Uh, Tyreek Hill, just not the type of receiver I usually draft as a receiver one, and with knee tendonitis and injury concerns and blah, 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 I I don't want to go that route really this year. But Stefan Diggs just seems like he fell into such a good situation here in Buffalo. Him and Allen have such a good rapport. The team is growing and building. He had over 1,500 yards last year. 160. Uh, that was the 166 targets was the most in the league last year, right, Danny? Correct. Correct. I don't see that going away here. I don't think they added pieces that'll take that away. 127 receptions. He was efficient on those. That was like a 77% catch rate, which is absurd. Like he had a monster year last year. The only thing you could say is he only had eight TDs. I think that's bound to go up if he puts up the same stats. So he. He has a production from last year, and it looks like it's going to stay to be the wide receiver one overall. And I, I want that more than these other guys. Yeah, the 127 catches was also first, and the 1,535 yards was also first in the league. I do like him, obviously. The, we, we were very wrong with Josh Allen, and he was a lot more accurate. So I can't argue the fact that Stefan Diggs is your number one. He showed it last year with all the targets and receptions. I still can't put him over Devonte Adams though, just with the absolute mega touchdown numbers he gets. And with Rogers back, I would be hard pressed to think that's going to change. Yeah. Diggs three straight thousand yard seasons. That's awesome. But you're right. Devonte Adams has had four double digit touchdown seasons with Aaron Rodgers there. Um, I think Rogers is going to go scorcher on people's faces. I don't know how much more he can do that than he did last year with throwing like 48 touchdowns, but like, who are you going to throw it to in Green Bay? Like, other than Devontae Adams, similarly to Allen and Diggs. I mean, Valdez Scantling? Well, yeah, Devontae yeah. Adams' numbers may not have been better than Deshaun, or Deshaun, Stefan Diggs in a number of those categories, but they were just underneath, and then he trumped him heavily in touchdowns and uh, a few other categories. So, 
certainly not a big argument against Devonte Adams here. Mm-hmm. And they did just get uh, what's his name back? Randall Cobb. Randall Cobb. Yeah, that's that'll pretty neat. <laughs> that'll that'll change everything. Um, Tyree Kill though, people a lot of people have him as their wide receiver one. Um, three out of his last four seasons, he's had over a thousand yards. The one that he didn't, he only played 12 games and he would have gone over a thousand yards if he kept that pace. And last year, Hill had 17 touchdowns to Adams, 18. He had 15 through the air and two rushing. He's a, he's a big play guy too, but I don't know. I, I, I'm thinking about switching my rankings to be Adams digs Hill, just because there are more options in Kansas city, particularly Travis Kelsey. Whereas Adams and Diggs, I think, stand alone in the receiving game. Yeah, and I will say that Hill and Diggs are tied in our overall rankings right now um, at two. So if you made that little switcheroo, it would, it would put Diggs solely in second place with us. I'll tell you what, though. Watching, having the Mahomes-Tyreek Hill combination last year in one league, it seems like all the time Mahomes is just launching deep balls. So even the ones yeah, that he, he didn't <laughs> catch, he gets so many of those big play targets and it's not even when the team needs it. So it's not like they're going to go <laughs> down. So it's, I would, when they're up 24 to nothing, it's like, exactly. Well, yeah. hit Hill again. <laughs> they're just going to embarrass you. So I would be Tyree kill is just, it's in, incredible. The amount of deep passes he gets. I'd say that we would have for the champs. I think that Diggs is the, number two guy even though they're tied because matt has him at number one i think that's the tiebreaker we can all agree on that right Diggs is the number two sure <laughs> so <laughs> so it comes up where would you guys take them um at what point in the draft would you take one of these guys uh in the first round i, I think, think we talked I about s- this yeah oh, a while back. back i think it was after like Zeke, right? We said after Zeke, I'd be willing to take your wide receiver one if if that's the way you wanted to go and take uh, somebody come back in the second round at running back. Mm-hmm. I think I'd probably take Chubb still before them, so I think that would put me at, what, the seven spot in a draft? Yeah, and I guess when the chips were on the table during our listener league draft, I was in that exact situation, and I picked Chubb before uh, going Devontae Adams or Stephon Diggs. I was so. going to say, I thought that the, you have Chubb on your uh, team. I thought that you did that, didn't you? Yeah. I think I said it would be okay after Zeke. Not that acceptable. I would necessarily do it. Yeah. I, I think, think it's acceptable. After Chubb, I would, pr- I would strongly consider it because I'm just not as big on JTT as the rest of ever- everyone. Oh, yeah. I forgot about him just because he's he's just so much lower than I guess the industry in my rankings, but I think you can, it's acceptable to take them after like Camara. I wouldn't, I would take other running backs there, but I think that that's, I mean, really it's acceptable to take them anywhere to be completely honest, depending on the format, but Adams Hill and Diggs are top three. Um, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back with the rest of the rankings. Yeah. Hey everybody. Ty here with Dan and tone from the upper decker podcast. We hope you're enjoying this episode of Chumps to Champs. These guys absolutely kill it when it comes to fantasy football. And I'd be willing to bet that if you're, uh, you're a football fan, there's a good chance you follow baseball as well. 
And if that's the case, we want you to finish up this episode and then head on over to the Upper Decker podcast. We cover all things baseball. So whether you want to hear about the latest on the field action, listen to breakdowns of trades and signings, or learn about some crazy baseball history, we've got a little something for everyone. We are going to drop some knowledge on you and hopefully give you a few laughs in the process. If you want to check us out, we're available on all your streaming platforms. We'd also encourage you to follow us at Upper Decker Pod on Twitter and Facebook. Hope you check us out and enjoy the rest of this episode of Chumps to Champs. Woo! Welcome back, champs. We are doing wide receiver rankings for the 2021 season. We just got done talking about the top tier, the uh, the mecca, the cream of the crop, if you will. Um, Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, and Stephon Diggs in any given order that you want them. Our next tier two is a group of five guys. I can't stop saying five guys. Now we're just going to talk about those season fries again. Aren't we? <laughs> Cajun fries, not season fries. Excuse me. Cajun fries. Uh, we have DeAndre Hopkins, DK Metcalf, Calvin Ridley, Justin Jefferson, and AJ Brown. Um, let's start with DeAndre Hopkins there. Cause all four of us have him at number four. He was he was close to being that tier one, right? He was close to being up there. I was going to say that the tier breaks in wide receivers is a lot less defined than I think it was with running backs. I think we all are like, there's a clear break there. Here, I think that line is very much muddled. Even going from two to three, I'm like, ah, I, could, I could flip those guys and be happy with it. So the, the tier breaks here are just way less separated. Yeah, I, I think DeAndre Hopkins certainly does have the talent to be uh, a tier one wide receiver, and he is in a good situation, and he still did really well last year. So, yeah, he's my he's he's my tier one point five, I guess. I was I kind of consider him and Calvin Ridley in a tier above these other three guys, Metcalf, Jefferson, and AJ Brown, but our, our rankings didn't really fall that way. But I do like Ridley and Hopkins more than those other three. Yeah, and DeAndre Hopkins, I think we had to put him in this other group because in my head, I, I agree. I think, Scott, you just said it. Adams Hill and Diggs, Hill, Diggs, Adams, Diggs, Adams Hill. However you put it, it seems like those are my three. And then Hopkins is a locked and loaded number four right there. Similarly to how Alvin Kamara was for a long time up until like a couple of weeks ago for me. DeAndre Hopkins, four straight thousand-yard seasons. Last year, he switches over to the Cardinals. We thought that he was going to get a big target downgrade because Deshaun Watson wasn't throwing him the ball anymore. Nope. 160, no. 160 targets. That was only six lessons to Von Diggs who led the league. He was getting hammered with targets, caught that ridiculously awesome touchdown to win the game against the bills. Do you guys remember that? It was a hail Mary from like the, the mm-hmm. 50. Everyone was on Deandre Hopkins and caught it anyway. That's the kind of skill that he is. He is he the best wide receiver in the game? Fantasy otherwise. Not fantasy anymore. Just wide receiver. That's hard to say. I've always regarded him as one of the most talented in the game. And he's certainly not too old of a wide receiver at this point to still be considered uh, in his prime. So I, I don't know. I feel like if I would say that, though, I'd have to put him in that tier one. But I can't. I also can't look at the people in tier one and say that they've their worlds ahead of Hopkins either. It's tough. And it's kind of a different style of, I mean, you look at 
DeAndre compared to like Tyreek Hill. It's like they're just very different receivers in terms of what they excel at. Obviously, Tyreek being a burner, a deep threat guy, whereas DeAndre is like in everything. He's fast, but he can also get the high ball, the touchdowns. So I like him as not. But this is all relevant when he retires, right? Yeah. That, right. That, that COVID is, you know, he don't want that shot. Oh, I get the joke now. Yeah. Maybe it's not a joke. I don't know. But yeah. I would not imagine he's going to turn down millions of dollars because he has to wear a mask. But he already has millions of dollars. Scott. True. True. Ooh, but uh... the rich can never be rich enough. Isn't that the, the way it works? That's correct. That's accurate. Um, I don't know. I'm poor and I can't be rich enough. So. <laughs> I was gonna say, I'll never know the feeling. So, yeah. Um, Scott, you, Matt and I have Calvin Ridley as number five there. Um, and you have him at number seven. You've got DK Metcalf and Justin Jefferson ranked higher. So why do you like those two boys more than Calvin Ridley? Is this a Calvin Ridley problem or do you just like DK Metcalf and Justin Jefferson that much? And it can be both kind of. I just like all three of these guys a lot. And I, there's a hard way to, I mean, I can't really make a hard case for one over the other. That's just kind of the way it fell. Yeah. So it's not uh, a Ridley. I, it's not because you just like Ridley. No, no, I really like Ridley. Um, like I said, I knew he was going to do well last year, this year, maybe just with the team situation. I don't know. I know they're going to be much to the same and he did really well last year, obviously, but touchdowns I think are going to be less than DK Metcalf Justin Jefferson with all the passes and yards he got I think he might take that category so I think Calvin Ridley is going to do really well at both the other guys are just going to outdo him in one or the other but either way I don't think you can go wrong with any of these three yeah I'd argue with Calvin Ridley one of the things that's really putting him on my radar is it's it's not more the same in that offense uh the one big thing that's different is Julio Jones is gone now and even last year with him, I guess, in whatever injured here and there capacity, Julio Jones was there. Ridley had 140 targets, 13, almost 1,400 yards receiving, a really good yards per reception average, nine TDs. These numbers are like those numbers are right up there with both Diggs and Adams, um, maybe a smidge underneath, but especially given a lot of vacated targets to an elite wide receiver in that offense. Doesn't that put this guy in a, in an opportunity to hit those tier one marks? I'm, I'm kind of excited for his ceiling this year. Oh, I, yeah, the opportunity is certainly there. I mean, his ceiling to me is finishing wide receiver one overall. I think that is his absolute ceiling because goodness. Yeah. I mean, Kyle Pitts is entering the offense. I mean, this is his rookie year. He's not going to take, that much away from Calvin Ridley I think that this defense in Atlanta is uh it ain't so good so Matt Ryan may again lead the league in passing attempts and Ridley will be there for that but let's talk about the other two guys Scott what do you love then about DK Metcalf who you have at number five yeah I've said it before I just think that he's on the incline as that receiver on Seattle, whereas Lockett's declined last year. Maybe not overall numbers, but you, again, you take out those two monster games he had, and his numbers were not very impressive at all. So I think it's definitely the switch over to the Metcalf number one over there who's going to get a lot more red zone looks now that he's been in the year for, what, two full seasons. They've seen what he can do. The guy's just incredibly fast. We all saw him run down the interception last year. 
So he's got the speed. He's got the size. He's just an all-around monster. And I think he's going to take even another step forward this year. He was in Olympic trials. Um, he didn't make the Olympics, obviously, but to even be involved in the trials and sprinting, <laughs> I think you're a pretty fast guy. Justin Jefferson, Matt, you've got him there at number six. What are your uh, what are your expectations? Is he going to be able to follow up on what he did in his rookie season, hitting fourteen hundred yards, um, eighty eight receptions? He what he finished with seven touchdowns, pretty good. I mean, he took a huge chunk of the target share in Minnesota. Are you expecting him to expand on that? I don't see why not, Danny. I, I've made cases for Thielen still being a solid receiver. I even took him in our uh, listener league draft later, but. This is the Justin Jefferson show here now. Um, Deal is only getting older. Justin Jefferson splash on the scene. I don't see his targets going down. I don't see his yards per reception, which were fantastic at 16 last year going down. I can see him seeing the end zone more this year. I think he's going to get used more. And he's in a great situation with uh, a stud running back bouncing out that side of the ball. You got the same... That's really weird. I was I was uh, looking at depth chart when I was talking. I was going to say the same quarterback returning, and they don't have Kirk Cousins on this uh, depth chart at all. So it really because he's me on through. the is it because he's on the COVID list and that he can't I be on guess, it? I guess so. I don't know. That's they have Jake Browning as the okay. The this uh, is Mond even on there? Did you see anyone? Nope. So it's COVID. So it's got to be COVID related then. Huh. I guess so. Well, either way. They're going to have Kirk Cousins there, there still go. throwing him the ball. They added uh, Christian Darisaw, which was a stud uh, left tackle for them in the draft. They're going to add protection. I just really like this offense going into this season, and Justin Jefferson is going to be one of the focal points on it. What is his ceiling? We say that Calvin Ridley has the potential to finish as the wide receiver one. Does Justin Jefferson have that same ceiling? Because I think he does if things break right. Absolutely. I, I don't he got, think he's good. I was just going to say he got so many targets and yards because I think he's the big guy that no one could defend very well. And I think the only reason Adam Thielen finished as high as he did is because he got so many touchdowns. I don't think that's going to be the case this year. I think it's going to be more of an even split when it comes to that category. I was going to say the only thing I see him holding him down is I don't see him exceeding 150 targets. He had 125 last year. Uh, this offense has a strong running side to it. I, I can see him improving, but I don't see more than 135. That's obviously a, a guess. Yeah, because I was wondering, because that's kind of what I was going to segue into is if Dalvin Cook obviously has the potential to finish as running back one, does Justin Jefferson have the possibility of finishing as wide receiver one, kind of like what Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown did uh, back in the Steelers days? And if so, we should be projecting the Vikings to be world beaters in this division and in the NFC this year. I mean, this makes me, just this conversation we're having right now, makes me think that I'm going to, be, going to be putting the Minnesota Vikings as my NFC North champion come uh, prediction time. Well, wasn't think Big so, Ben but... throwing for like 5,000 yards in those seasons and Lev Bell was just as much of a receiver as a running back in those years. So I don't sure. see Cousins. I guess it, I'm looking at it now. Cousins hit 4,900 yards in 16. So it's a it's in the realm. But 
I don't think this offense lends itself to a number one running back and a number one wide receiver, but Scott proved me wrong. Well, I was just going to say, I mean, had Dalvin Cook played all 16 games last year, he probably would have been RB1. I mean, he was, what is it, um, 20 points back of Derrick Henry with two less games played. So he could have very easily been right there, finished number one. And then you had Jefferson finish number six and Adam Thielen number seven. So if Jefferson takes some of Thielen's touchdowns, that puts him right up there towards the top. But that team still didn't win a, a whole bunch, even with all those impressive finishes. Mm-hmm. So their defense let them down big time. So I, I don't know. I You'd have to think they would be a winning team, but they just kind of proved us otherwise last year. Nah, they're going to be better. <laughs> I would hope so, man. That's going to be an interesting division, honestly. The Packers, Vikings, Bears, and Lions. Other than maybe the Lions, I'm sorry. But anyway, finishing out this tier is A.J. Brown. We all have him at number eight. Um, I like that spot for him. Before Julio Jones got there, I think we all had him competing up there for that four or five spot, just to bring him down a little bit. Because Julio Jones forces you to move him down, right? He's going to take away targets and touchdowns and just big chunks of chunks of yardage. But what is AJ Brown's ceiling and where would you take him? Where do you feel good about taking him in the draft? Obviously we were all a lot higher on him before Julio Jones went there, but I again think AJ Brown is going to remain the number one target in this offense, but it's going to be a heck of a lot more spread out now with a very strong running game, stealing a lot of targets. In that regard, uh, all I can say is we all have him at eight, and I think that's about appropriately priced. Where does that put him in fantasy drafts? I'm thinking, what is that? Yeah, end of two sounds right to me. I think, yeah, mid to end of two. But are you okay with him being your wide receiver one? I am. But uh, Leo Jones does concern me a little bit. You know what I mean? And... We talked about this in the AFC South uh, breakdown. I don't think I asked you guys if you guys think this offense could support two 100 yard or 100 catch guys or even 90 catch guys. And the answer is probably no. So it's going to be tough to hit that wide receiver one overall with those kind of numbers, right? Yeah, there's a lot of offenses that can't support 200 catch receivers, but I do see a, a chance for. Uh, AJ to be at like the 115 120 target mark and with how productive he was after the catch um and just finding the end zone I think he certainly has a chance to finish top 5 wide receiver that's that's about where I put his ceiling maybe 4 I think 4 is his ceiling this year I will say that the top 7 guys I'm very confident as being my number 1 wide receiver I don't ha- I I do drop down in confidence a little bit with AJ Brown for the reasons you mentioned. It's uh, that Julio being there, the offense hasn't statistically passed as much as others. So it's not like I would be upset if he's my number one, but my confidence level does drop a little bit. And it's kind of at the same, same level as the next guy on our list, which we'll get to in a little bit to where I still both, I like them both as a number one, but not as much as the top seven. Well, guys, let's get into tier three, okay? And this tier was very tough for me and continues to be tough for me. It's three guys that I have rotated a lot. And Matt and I were talking about this before the show. Like, 
I, I don't, I still don't know how to put these guys in any particular order. And they are Keenan Allen, Allen Robinson and Terry McLaurin. Um, how, how do you even differentiate between them? Matt, actually you have them in that exact order of nine, 10 and 11. And you've got Keenan Allen up there at the tippy top. Is it the consistency you love? I I just switched this before the show. I had it, I think, uh, Scary Terry and then Keener McAllensby and then Ali Robbie. Um, and I oh, dropped Terry it. two spots, which I did not feel good about doing. But I know that we, we always say, we try to always tell everybody that our rankings are based on half PPR. And I think that alone made me realize that I think Keenan Allen and Allen Robinson deserve to be above Terry McLaurin because these two guys are consistently seeing close to like 150 targets a year. And that's even something we gapped away from in our like tier two. Um, there's not many besides Hopkins. And then above that, like Diggs and Adams that are seeing this many targets Keenan Allen is and Allen Robinson, I think is close behind with like one thirties usually or no, he's in the one fifties the last two years. So Keenan Allen. Sorry, Allen Robinson yeah. had a, over 150 the last two years and Keenan Allen had just below it. So these guys are getting tons of targets that just pad your weekly scores. Um, it's not like they're they're terrible on their efficiency either. And they've had huge seasons in the past. They're always thousand yard or they've been often thousand yard receivers, everything. Terry McLaurin brings a little bit more boom to the party. Um, and I like him more. The team's more exciting, but I don't think I'm gonna draft him as confident with his lower tenure and only one season with like 130 targets under him. Well, it sounds like the similar situations that we brought up with Scott and Calvin Ridley, Metcalf and Jefferson to where you like McLaurin. It's just that you happen to like Allen and Robinson more. It's basically Allen and Robinson. Yeah, I know that got weird as soon as I said it too, but uh, yeah. And I like all of them. I, I won't have a problem drafting McLaurin in this tier. Uh, it's one of those things. If, if Allen and Robinson go, I'm going to take McLaurin. And if it happens a different way, I'll take the other guy. McLaurin had Dwayne Haskins, Kyle Allen, and Alex Smith throwing him his 134 targets last year. And he still put up really good numbers. I think that is what I feel like is going to improve is Ryan Fitzpatrick throwing him. The targets thrown by Ryan Fitzpatrick are better than those three combined. So I think that's why I like Terry McLaurin a lot. I think, I think McLaurin and Robinson have a higher ceiling than Keenan Allen, but you just can't deny Allen's consistency. Scott, is that why you have Allen Keenan Allen? I should say higher than the other two. Yeah. I, I think Keenan Allen is just a, I mean, I think him and McLaurin are the, same in terms of consistency. I just think Keenan Allen's a little bit better. <laughs> I mean, okay. they, they, I mean, looking at McLaurin's numbers and you bring up a good point with the quarterback situation, but I mean, there's only three games. He broke a hundred yards and he was very consistent. He was always like 75, 85 yards, but he only broke a hundred yards three times, only had four touchdowns on the year. So that's not the the boom type guy you look for for a wide receiver one. I think he's, I would be ecstatic with him as a wide receiver too, but I just, I can't get on board with if you wait on wide receiver and he's sitting there as your number one, I'm not going to be super confident. Is Allen Robinson, the forgotten wide receiver of 
all time? Is it his boring name why nobody gives him the credit he deserves? Because I think he's really amazing. Yeah, I think there's a little bit of that. <laughs> but uh, also, he's played on a lot of not great teams with not great quarterbacks. And all I can say is that lends uh, a lot to be said about how talented he is as a receiver. And I don't think the situation in Chicago is going to be any worse this year. I think Andy Dalton is serviceable. And who knows, Justin Fields might just like strap on his boots and go to town. So I, I think I think last year, it's hard to say that's his floor, but I think he could certainly go up from last year. And you mentioned the last two years, Robinson said over 150 targets, and that makes four times in his career that he's gotten over 150 targets across multiple teams. So obviously these teams are noticing what an athletic freak he is and how good of a wide receiver he is. It's just these targets are such trash because the quarterbacks are so useless and he still produces in a way. So yeah, I, like I said at the top, I love all three of these guys and I would love to have all many of them on my team. Anything else to add before we go on to our uh, tier four cheese balls? I will add that in our listener league, Allen Robinson was my first wide receiver. So we were talking about some of these tier two guys. If you'd feel comfortable with them being your first, well, I guess I slipped all the way to tier three. Wow. Uh, tiers are super subjective, man. We can change these and re-record and make Robinson. Why don't we just tier call one. tier two, tier three and call tier two or tier one? Uh, what you know what I meant? Uh-huh. 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 Okay. We'll do that. We'll do that. Matt had a tier, tier two quarter. Wait, two, one. I, I liked it with the, with the, at least in Missouri with how they rolled out the COVID vaccine, like priority tiers. It was like, there's tier one and then there's tier two. And then there's tier a, tier two, a, then tier two, a one, two, <laughs> two, a, like, can't they just all be a just new number? <laughs> just call new numbers. Yeah. How many tiers are you going to make? 17, but you'll feel bad if you're not in tier two, yeah. we'll just have subcategories. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So tier four, the remaining four guys out of our top 15 are Chris Godwin, Julio Jones, Mike Evans, and Amari Cooper slips in there at the last second. So, who do you guys like out of these four boys? Jones for me. I, I've Adam. always been so turned off on the Godwin and Evans thing because they're on the same team. I know they're both really talented. I'm just afraid I'm going to pick wrong or something. I, I, I don't like to do it. So, uh, I'm already, you're Cooper's... okay with it with Brown and Brown and Jones. So you're okay with it with, with the titans oh, yeah. well they're not like right <laughs> next to each other there's so yeah. many drafts where it goes godwin evans i know if i pick brown he's two tiers ahead or he's that's true that's true they're ranked differently but every year it's godwin evans godwin evans and it scares me so i like julio i think he's still got enough left in the tank to have a productive year at wide receiver 13 in tennessee um obviously i'm a bit of a fanboy there but Amari Pooper is just, we always talk about him with his roller coaster weeks. And I don't know, he had the drop issues back when he was on the Raiders. And there's been some injury crap. And there's just too many weird things that turned me off about Cooper to really want to target him in fantasy. That, that was intentional. I will point out to the listeners it was not a misspeak of Pooper. That was, <laughs> he refers to him even when we're not recording. But let me give you some Julio stats to back you up that I really thought were cool. He's played 10 seasons in the league. 
And in all 10 of them, he has hit over a thousand yards or had a 16 game pace of which it would have been over a thousand yards if he would to have played. So hall of fame first ballot hall of famer, right? Can we agree on that? Well, in those 10 seasons, I think only one season he had 10 or more touchdowns. And I think that was in 2012. The second season. Yeah. Yeah. So Scott, break down this Godwin Evans uh, split. You've got Godwin at 11 and that's the highest out of, out of us actually. And Mike Evans at 13. So same tier even for you, but I agree with you that I've got Godwin higher than Evans, but I can't really explain why. Yeah, I was just pulling up their stats from last year, and I know Godwin missed, what, four or five games, so he didn't play as much. His pace would have been a little higher in yards, but I'll be honest, I forgot how consistent of a year Evans had last year and how high of a finish he had. I didn't realize that he had so many games where he had 100 yards or close to it, and he started off, what, like seven touchdowns in six games to start the season? So he was a lot more consistent than I thought he was. I just feel like Chris Godwin is more of a Tom Brady kind of go-to, that short pass, cross over the middle, you know, not the big deep threat. I don't feel like Brady throws that ball as much as he used to. So I just think the, the situation lends a little bit higher of a success rate uh, for Chris Godwin. I'd say that too, but last year, I said this, at this time last year, I said that exact same thing. And then it, they both were great. Evans was great too. I mean, if you assume that, let's just, like I said, if, if Godwin was in there every game, I think he would have had more yards than Evans. If you give him a couple touchdowns, he'd obviously finish less in touchdowns. And then, mm-hmm. but again, they'd have probably finished around the same spot. So I don't know if you can really pick wrong here because they both, if they're healthy and on the field, I think they're both going to do just fine. And Evans, seven seasons that Mike Evans has played, in all seven seasons, he's finished with over 1,000 yards. Uh, that's pretty cool, too. I was just tooting Julio Jones for that, so I got to give Mike Evans credit there. But Godwin just feels better. So anyway, um, and I guess we should t- touch on Pooper a little more. Um, Amari Cooper was a little more consistent last year, but he didn't have Dak Prescott. Um, he still got hammered with, with targets. I still think he'll be really good, but CD Lamb poses a, such a threat to him. I really do think that CD Lamb is going to become the wide receiver one for that team by the end of the year, kind of like how Calvin Ridley was starting to show that he could, oh my goodness, it's Calvin Ridley. Um, kind of, I mean, not to say another Falcon, but. Julio Jones did that to Roddy White a decade ago. Do you guys remember that when Julio Jones ended the, the season where, and Roddy White was getting picked higher than Julio? And then it's very clear, oh, my word, this guy's the real deal. I think we're going to see that out of C.D. Lamb. That's what scares me about Amari Cooper. Does that intimidate you guys at all? I'm not as worried about it, because at least this year, because you're, you're getting these guys hopefully as wide receiver too, either one of them. And I'd be happy, I think, with either one as a wide receiver too. If, like you said, if CD lamb steps it up a little bit this year, I don't think either of them are numbers are going to be so good that the other one doesn't finish in wide receiver two category. I, I kind of like the CD lamb route a little bit more just because I think his numbers with Dak were really impressive. You're getting him a little bit cheaper in your draft and he doesn't have all those negative things that I've lingered in my mind about Amari Cooper. So 
I think if I can get CD Lamb as a wide receiver too, I'd feel better about myself. I don't, I still don't think I'd love it. Okay, guys. Well, that's it. That's our top 15 uh, wide receivers on our uh, next show. We will do the rest of them. The rest of how many wide receivers are there in the NFL? Do you guys know off the top of your head? Is it 40? Run. That's enough, Danny. That's it. Yeah. That'd be, yeah. We will do the rest of our actual relevant uh, wide receivers that you'll actually be picking. But yeah, that's it. Thanks for sticking around for the whole show. Go to chumpsandchampspodcast.com uh, to look at all of our good stuff. Get your merch and send us some questions at chumpsandchampspodcast at gmail.com. And um, yeah, thanks for listening. Matt, yeah. one- well, I do have a couple more things. Uh, again, like okay. always, uh, check out our fantasy sips. Uh, we got those on Instagram and on Twitter. And we usually throw them over to Facebook, too. But lastly, uh, we've been teasing it a little bit earlier, but we're going to have a little draft kit available for listeners. Um, kind of mentioned that was going to go out in July. We got busy, uh, but <laughs> we're, we're setting a deadline for this Friday. So expect it Saturday. Yeah, and we-, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we didn't say which Friday, but yeah. Yeah, we're going to what we're going to do is get as many blurbs in there for players. And it also has rankings, ADPs and auction prices for all these players. It's has some cool functionality that should be easily accessible during a draft. So we'll get that out to you with as many blurbs as possible and ready to use come draft season. Awesome. Scott, you want to uh, close us out with Matt's catchphrase? Sure. And remember, have fun with it. That was okay. Okay.